The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. And welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provost with you today on a warm Sunday here at baseball's oldest venue, Fenway Park. Opened up in 1912, the setting today for the fourth and final game. Twins and the Red Sox. Uh, this series on the line here today. Twins are hoping for a split. Also, a Twins win would give them a series win. And the Red Sox probably at 40 games over haven't lost too many season series against any other team this season. So we'll see if the Twins can do that beyond Jose Barrios today. Nathan Evaldi will throw for the Red Sox. Twins got to him not too long ago when he was pitching with the Rays. He will make his Red Sox debut in the fourth and final game today. But welcome to the program. And we're pleased to be joined by the Twins chief baseball officer on our Sunday show and a great uh, timely visit with Derek Falvey. How are you? I'm well, Corey. How are you? Welcome home first. Uh, this, this is home for you, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I grew up uh, in, uh, just a few miles north of here, and uh, it's always good to see family and friends. Uh, as you just talked about this ballpark, unique place to watch a baseball game, and uh, it's, it's been fun to be back. How has Fenway, though, changed just, just physically from when you would come as a kid to, to see all the renovations and, and the updates they've made in recent years? I think that's it right there, uh, the updates and renovations. You know, As a kid, when I was here, there weren't seats above that green monster. So uh, the netting is what I recall uh, as a young kid. But they, they certainly have done a, a great job at this ballpark. Uh, I think, you know, for an older venue, uh, certainly has uh, some charm and some aspects to it. Um, is, is nothing like, you know, any of the new parks at all uh, in terms of the way it's structured. But uh, really, they've done a really nice job. And obviously the, the fans here are passionate. And it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of energy in this building, no question. All right. Uh, it certainly has been a busy few days. And let's begin with, uh, with kind of the, the news that we all learned about on Friday. And first... Something that uh, that we asked Ad Levine during the broadcast last night, the timing of, of the decisions on Friday with the trades of Escobar and Ryan Presley, was there any one date that just sent up a signal and said, now is the go time? Was it just based on being swept in Kansas City? Did that change the, the, the nature of all this? You know, I, what we try and do is, is really not look at uh, the season just day-to-day. That, that is hard. We all have the emotions of, of a great win or a tough loss, no question, but I think you have to look at it in aggregate. Once you get past the 100-game mark and, and you're really looking at where you are within the season, uh, you're thinking about you know, the, the decisions that are that, that are in front of you, and the reality is that the deadline is the 31st, and most trades, I think, I think I looked at it the other day, 80% of those trades have been done in the last four, four or five days of the deadline, so you get presented with things uh, that you may not have been presented with earlier in the month with other clubs and we felt like in those two decisions in particular that those were real opportunities for us to improve our organization now clearly they didn't help us uh in the short term i i, I wouldn't argue that but i do think that uh they they are the types of decisions that we need to make to build a sustainable winner over time and build the type of pipeline we're going to need uh to put ourselves in positions to be uh proceeding as buyers at that stage did the nine and two homestand going into the all-star break change anything 
I, you know, certainly anytime you do look at, uh, while well, I say we don't look at one individual game as any real uh, marker, we certainly look at stretches, and that was a great stretch. You know, we, we played really well uh, at home. It was it, We saw some things happen that we were anticipating with this club during the course of the year. So it definitely changes the dynamic. Uh, I think if we had gone 2-9 and nine in that home stand, would that have changed things? Certainly. So uh, the fact that we continued to play well, I don't anticipate any different in terms of how we go about our business as a team. These guys are pros, a great culture in that clubhouse. They're going to work. There's no question about that. And you know, we'll see where they, they, the chips fall. I think we're going to have some young players that are going to be part of this that are playing right now at this level and maybe some coming back along the way that we're going to need to – those guys are going to need to take the baton. You know, it's a next-man-up mentality, and uh, I, I continue to feel like we're building around the right core. I want to get back to that later on about the guys that you have moved already and still may move and how, if at all, that impacts 19, 20, and 21 moving forward. But the timing of Escobar's announcement, it was an odd time, Derek. Yeah. It was 4.30 Eastern time, and, and Paul was holding his usual you know, daily media session, and he often has MLB Network on. doesn't matter if it's July or April or September at his office. And then a flash comes across from John Heyman, a great reporter, that Escobar has been traded to the Diamondbacks, and that sent just kind of a domino effect inside the clubhouse amongst the players. What could have been done, if anything at all, differently with that part of it and, and how it involved the player and also the reaction from his teammates? You know, I, I think that uh, this is a real challenge in our game right now for, for all of us. I think we live in a, a Twitter world. We live in a, uh, a world where information gets out there uh, quickly, and ultimately when that was reported as likely to occur, uh, by John and, and by others, um, it had not it had not actually been final in any way. And I think, unfortunately, uh, we sometimes mistake uh, rumors and potentials for actuality. And there is a process to these things. And that was uh, terribly unfortunate that the first rumor uh, that came across was was with Eduardo, you know, in the clubhouse. And and ultimately, Paul grabbed him, you know, to, to chat with him soon after that. And we uh, we finished that process. But uh, there's really not, in, you know, in our minds, uh, there has to be a process. There's a medical process that both clubs have to go through in terms of sharing information and making sure everything checks out. Until that's final, really nothing is final. I think we've seen in years past with some clubs where a very similar situation has happened and ultimately the deal is not consummated. And that creates a real challenge for everyone involved. And I, I just I would like to find better ways for us to, to manage that. But you know, we, we talked with the players. We've talked with Eduardo. Like, I think everyone understands that is a bit of the part of the business here. Um, but we, you know, we always strive to make sure that we're communicating as, as efficiently and as effectively as we can with our players and stuff. One more on this before we take our first break. And have you ever, either with the Twins or with the Indians, because I, I think about what's the other side of it, have you ever approached a player around this time and said, hey, two hours before the game, we may trade you? It's not done yet, but, but we may trade you. Would a player even want to know that, that he possibly could be dealt two hours before playing in a game? I, I've asked players that before. I think, you know, you, take, you flip that around and, and you think about that. It's a really challenging thing to put in a guy's head a couple hours before a baseball game when he's going out to compete. I think there are so many. I've been in this game long enough now that I've seen so many false starts around that where it seems like you're close and then you aren't um, that I think that you'd be having a lot of those conversations uh, that wouldn't come to fruition, unfortunately. So I think we, we as an industry need to figure out what the best way to do uh, to do this is and ultimately the timing of the deadline, the games being played, I think that's unique to baseball. It's not really as common in the other sports. So something that I think we all need to take a look at. We'll take a break, come back. Much more with Derek Falvey as our Sunday program continues live from Fenway on your home for Twins Baseball. 
You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Probus back with Derek Falvey in our Sunday program from Fenway Park here in Boston, Mass. The fallout from, from the events on Friday. And you have some other guys, some, some notable players that are also pending free agents. Do you have to play the game now? Well, if it begins, then I want in on this too. Are you hearing that from players and their, and their agents? If, if you're going in that direction, what about me and what about my guy? I, I think guys know that this is part of part of the process. Um, you know, we've we've gone through that. You know, as as recent as last year, I've been through it in, in other seasons. You know, the, they recognize that there are situations that present at the deadline, and there's not a lot of control over it you know, from a player standpoint, and sometimes not a lot of control over it you know, necessarily from from teams. You know, just the reality of everything, making decisions getting made late in the process. But I think that you know our guys are professionals, and they go out and play the base the game as best they can, and they play it for the Minnesota Twins. And I don't expect that to change whatsoever, pending guys who are, are, are still here with us and you know, who may be here now that may not be here later or if they persist you know, past the August 1st date, I, I would anticipate us going about the game and playing with the type of energy we've shown the last few nights. Yeah, there's been some really compelling games so far this series. As for Ryan Presley, it seemed from what I read throughout the week from Ken Rosenthal and many more that a lot of teams were in on Ryan Presley. Was he as, as attractive as was written about throughout the week? I mean, I think that Ryan is somebody who put himself in a, a great position to be attractive, right? We think about a year ago, uh, I remember a very difficult conversation in Minnesota when we sent him down to AAA and, and to do some things, to, to, go, to work on some things. And he took to that, and, and Ryan really worked at it. And, you know, he was, he was spectacular for us this year, you know, in a, in a role where we really needed him. And I would say that that then – sometimes leads to a lot of interest, and he does some things exceptionally well that I think some of these teams that need uh, an additional bullpen arm feel was really valuable. We felt like with the return and the players that uh, were being discussed that that was that was a, a really something we couldn't pass up. I mean, we felt like we got two players in this deal, one at A, one a little bit lower, that we feel will have impact at the major league level, not just a chance to help us you know, at some level, but really have impact. Yeah, that's what I read, too, from some Baseball America guys, that, uh, that what the Twins got back, a substantial package for Ryan Presley. There was, uh, Houston had number 10 at 15 in their prospect pipeline. Tell us about uh, the, the two players coming back. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at public prospect lists uh I, I would say that houston and i don't think this is a surprise to anybody but is is as deep and maybe the deepest system in the game so at 10 and 15 we felt like those guys fit even higher you know in in most other systems um you know jorge alcal is somebody who he's a starter right now who sits 95 to 100 uh with a with a good slider and continuing developing command this is a guy who's young still has a lot of growth and development left but to have that kind of power in your arm at that age with that with those kinds of pitches I think has a chance to really be special and a chance to be a top of the rotation guy. If not, you know, we feel like he, if he shifts over to the bullpen, he's one of those guys who might be electric out of the bullpen, you know, at some point along the way. So we, we love his upside. And in Celestino, we feel like we have a, a target everyday player, you know, to get a guy that's a prospect who uh, our scouts liked, our systems liked, every, you know, across the board. I got texts after the deal from some people who had seen him a little bit more um, that I didn't even know outside of our organization that said, you know, they feel like this is a real, real chance for an everyday player. So we feel like we got two guys, um, and ultimately giving up Ryan was tough, you know, to have this year and then. Uh, the remainder of this year, but also next year's control. We needed real value coming back, and we felt we got that. We'll take a break, come back. More with Derek Falvey next on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Byron Buxton. You're listening to Twins Baseball on News Radio 830 WCCO. 
Inside Twins rolls on. Brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Back with Derek Falvey. I'm Corey Probus. And Joe Maurer also, Derek, and his name came up during our conversation with Thad last night. And Joe had a really great candid interview with Danny during our pregame show last night. What does this mean for Joe? If, if things don't turn around here in the coming weeks and, and Joe and his future, do you foresee a conversation down the, down the road with Joe about options for him at the end of 2018? You know, we, we always Joe's one of those guys who is, uh, um, how do I describe this, just such a special member of this franchise uh, for so many different reasons. I mean, certainly the local connection, but also what he's done, you know, accomplished as a player, who he is as a man. Uh, what he means to this franchise. We have always prioritized talking to Joe about all things, you know, related to uh, his career and his, his, his baseball life. And we, we've continued to keep those, you know, between Joe and, and us uh, just to make sure out of respect to him uh, that, that that's what we're doing. But Joe is somebody who, you know, certainly you know, he's a professional hitter. He's gone about the game the best way he can. I think at the end of the year we'll certainly have conversations about where that goes moving forward. I want to save time for our last segment to get some thoughts from you about uh, the Hall of Fame today and Michelle Docker, a guy that yeah. uh, went in yesterday, the Spink Award winner, and thoughts on Jim Tomey and Jack Morris and some others for you. So let's wrap up this segment, if we can, uh, some injury updates involving some current players. Addison Reed through Friday, scheduled to go again today? That's right. Yep, he'll, he'll go again today. Uh, felt good after Friday's outing. I uh, feel like we wanted to give him the chance to catch his breath after that, see how today goes, and then we'll, we'll adjust from that point forward. Uh, he threw the ball well. I think he feels like the ball's coming out of his hand a little bit better. Elbow feels better. Your impressions when you saw Miguel Sano for the first time physically in, in a month and a month and a half, I guess. He, you know, I, th- I thought he looked pretty good physically. I, I remember I heard from other guys that felt the same way. He's stronger. Uh, you know, he's certainly in a better position. We think physically, his swing's in a better spot. That was a big part of the conversation of bringing him back. Was where was his swing? And James feels good about that. So we're we're excited to see where it goes. Was that on par? That part of his game with nutrition, with weight, with diet. Were they on an even playing field? You know, I, I, I've joked I use the word holistic. I know, you know some people have said that, but I really do view every plan that way, holistically. We need to make sure we're attacking all angles that make a player good, and the best guys have a good approach to recovery and rest and off-season planning and strength and their swing mechanics, and we want to make sure that we're attacking all of it. I think Miguel has taken really uh, strong steps in that direction. The moves you've done already regarding personnel and the moves you still may do before Tuesday, any of those do you see impacting 19, 20, 21? I, I think they could. I, we never rule that out. I mean, certainly I was asked yesterday a little bit about, you know, the timeline of different prospects, and we got some younger guys. I believe in waves of talent, and I think we're going to get the best possible return in any trade we make, uh, not specific to a level. Uh, and I think that's always going to be our goal, and we, we could see potential opportunities that present that impact us more in the short term. You hear that saying, too, and it comes up in, in the stock market. You, you sell high, right? But that, that's got to be a tough call, too. I mean, a guy like Kyle Gibson, for example, throwing the best he's ever thrown. That, that's just tough to, to say sell high, to do it now. Always difficult decisions, no question. I think if these decisions were easy, uh, they, you know, anyone would be doing them. And I think that we need to make sure that we're thinking through all of the impacts for each of these decisions. We spend a great deal of time with our scouts, with our staff, with the coaches, and really thinking through what that means for our plan. And ultimately, we've been supported by ownership to make what we believe are the best decisions around our baseball franchise. Final break. We'll come back. Some Hall of Fame thoughts from Derek Falvey when we come back on your home for Twins Baseball. The radio home for Twins Baseball. 830-WCCO. 
final segment, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how these are created and legends are made. Back with Derek Falvey, a few-hour drive from here, uh, just a little west. A big day, of course, in Cooperstown, Hall of Fame day, Hall of Fame weekend. And I want to get some thoughts for you uh, from you in our last segment about a few guys going in. And let's begin with Jim Tomey, your ties with Cleveland. Oh, you have a good Tomey uh, tale? Oh, Jim, I, I just said uh, Jim is such a tremendous person that I, I got a chance to meet years ago and had some time with him in Cleveland. Uh, certainly his best years were uh, before I got there there. But he, he's a – he. Anyone who's ever been around Jim Tomey, would, I can't imagine anyone said anything negative in their life. He's such a great person. I texted him yesterday just to congratulate him on the weekend and try to enjoy it. And, you know, he's just – he's so – he's lovable. You know, he's the he's, he was such a good player. But, you know, this is such a great man, and I'm glad he's going there. Yeah, Sheldon Ocker, too, another guy that uh, you must have interacted with plenty. Yep, Sheldon's uh, certainly been somebody in the Cleveland market, uh, you know, as a writer uh, for the Akron Beacon Journal. And, you know, just his, his impact – uh, over the years and the connections he has with so many people in that area and so many great teams. Sheldon's certainly well-deserving of an opportunity like today. Yeah, this is a class, too, that, that, that's going in. I just turned 40 not long ago, and I, I can vividly remember this class playing in their prime. Yeah. And this is quite the group going in, and, and Hoffman and, and yeah. Vladimir Guerrero and Chipper Jones and Jack. and Tra- This is just a great group of yeah. talent going in. On one day. Yeah, it's, it's special, I, I think, for those guys. And I was talking to Paul before he left, you know, about the day and what it's like and all that. I, I think if you're a fan of baseball at all, and, and those of us who work in it clearly are, um, this is just, you know, it's one of those special moments to recognize an accomplishment that is so hard to get. And those guys have done some great work over time. They certainly were talented, but each one of those guys worked their tails off to get to where they are today. After Friday's events, did Paul have any second thoughts about still going? You know, I, Paul, he really struggled with that. I'll be, I'll be candid about it. He struggled with the, the leaving. And, but I think, you know, there are special moments in the game that transcend just a, a couple of games in the season. And that's not to downplay the significance of games and, and, and different things. But Paul, you know, his connections, obviously, with Jack and with Tram, you know, and even some of the other guys who were going in. I think this was really important. I'm really glad he did that. We're next man up mentality with respect to players. We're, we're the same with our staff, and we're, we're all trying to step up to, to fill his shoes. Derek Shelton said yesterday that uh, he's thinking more and more about being a manager one day. Do you like him and, and his makeup? Yeah, I, you know, I think when we when we hired Derek, and I had known him a bit from the past when he was a hitting coach, and what he's done and gone through over the years, he's continued to grow and develop. I mean, he's a guy who's really open-minded, uh, connects well with players, builds good relationships, knows the game. I, you know, I think he's set up well for a chance at that at some point along the way, and uh, and we're hopeful to help develop him that way. Last minute of our show here on this Sunday, busy couple days here. You mentioned the last four or five days, it can be a frenzy, and the trade deadline is Tuesday, yep. 3 o'clock Central, right? Correct, yep, 3 o'clock. And yeah. you, you expect activity here? I do. I think we all see a flurry in the last few days, um, You know, maybe more outside of our organization than, than in, but uh, we'll, we'll track it, monitor it, keep an eye, eye on what's what's out there. So up until that 4 o'clock bell rings and 4 o'clock Eastern bell rings, uh, I think that we're going to uh, we're going to continue to work. Has the National League been busier than the American League? Is because there, Are there more playoff candidates in that? in that league so far? You know, I think when you look at the standings, the National League's a little bit tighter in some of the division races maybe than uh, than others are. Um, I think that you know, the reality is there's maybe some up-and-coming teams a little bit more in the National League, whether that's the Phillies or, or Braves in the East and you know trying to track with the Nationals who have been really a power there for a little while. I, I do think there's maybe a little bit more activity in the National League, but you know, there's some good racing in the American League too. Derek, thanks for the time. Enjoyed it as always. Thanks for having me. Uh, We thank Derek Falvey for being our Sunday guest. Great show here today. We're just getting started. 
We have the pregame show coming up next. And then at 12.05 Central Time, it's Game 4 Twins and the Red Sox. Jose Barrios and Nathan Evaldi in his Boston debut. Stay tuned. Chris is standing by with today's Edina Realty pregame show on a warm Sunday here at Fenway. Twins and the Red Sox coming up right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.